Section twenty three of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew. Volume one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk. Part twenty three. Of the Street Sale of Lavender. The sale of green lavender in the streets is carried on by the same class as the sale of flowers, and is, as often as flowers, used for immoral purposes when an evening or night sale is carried on. The lavender is sold at the markets in bundles, each containing a dozen branches. It is sold principally to ladies in the suburbs, who purchase it to deposit in drawers and wardrobes. The odour communicated to linen from lavender being, perhaps, more agreeable and more communicable than that from any other flower. Nearly a tenth of the market sale may be disposed of in this way. Some costers sell it cheap to recommend themselves to ladies who are customers, that they may have the better chance for a continuance of those ladies' custom. The number of lavender sellers can hardly be given as distinct from that of flower sellers, because any flower girl will sell lavender when it is in season. The season continues from the beginning of July to the end of September. In the winter months, generally after dayfall, dried lavender is offered for sale. It is bought at the herb shops. There is, however, an addition to the number of the flower girls of a few old women, perhaps from twenty to thirty, who vary their street-selling avocations by going from door to door in the suburbs with lavender for sale, but do not stand to offer it in the street. The street-seller's profit on lavender is now somewhat more than cent per cent, as the bundle, costing tuppence halfpenny, brings, when tied up in sprigs, at least sixpence. The profit, I am told, was, six or seven years ago, two hundred per cent. But people will have better penniths now. I was informed by a person long familiar with the trade in flowers that, from twenty to twenty-five years ago, the sale was the best. It was a fashionable amusement for ladies to tie the sprigs of lavender together, compressing the stems very tightly with narrow ribbon of any favourite colour, the heads being less tightly bound, or remaining unbound. The largest stems were in demand for this work. The lavender bundle, when its manufacture was complete, was placed in drawers, or behind books, in the shelves of a glazed bookcase, so that a most pleasant atmosphere was diffused when the bookcase was opened. Cut Flowers I now give the quantity of cut flowers sold in the streets. The returns have been derived from nurserymen and market salesmen. It will be seen how fully these returns corroborate the statement of the poor flower-girl. It's very little use offering anything that's not sweet. I may remark, too, that at the present period, from the mildness of the season, wallflowers, primroses, violets, and polyanthuses are almost as abundant as in spring sunshine. Violets, 65,280 bunches. Wallflowers, 115,200 bunches. Lavender, 296,640 bunches. Pinks and carnations, 63,360 bunches. Moss roses, 172,800 bunches. China, ditto, 172,800 bunches. Mignonette, 86,400 bunches. Lilies of the Valley, 1,632 bunches. Stocks, 20,448 bunches. Cut flowers sold yearly in the streets, total 
994,560 bunches. Of the street sale of flowers in pots, roots, etc. The flower root sellers, for I heard them so called to distinguish them from the sellers of cut flowers, are among the best mannered and the best dressed of all the street sellers I have met with, but that only as regards a portion of them. Their superiority in this respect may perhaps be in some measure attributable to their dealing with a better class of customers, with persons who, whether poor or rich, exercise healthful tastes. I may mention that I found the street-sellers of roots, always meaning thereby flower-roots in bloom, more attached to their trade than others of their class. The roots sold in the streets are bought in the markets and at the nursery gardens, but about three-fourths of those required by the better class of street-dealers are bought at the gardens, as are cut flowers occasionally. Hackney is a suburb most resorted to by the root-sellers. The best pitches for the sale of roots in the street are situated in the New Road, the City Road, the Hampstead Road, the Edgware Road, and places of similar character, where there is a constant stream of passers-along who are not too much immersed in business. Above three-fourths of the sale is affected by itinerant costermongers. For this there is one manifest reason. A flower-pot, with the delicate petals of its full-blown moss-rose, perhaps, suffers even from the trifling concussion in the journey of an omnibus, for instance. To carry a heavy flower-pot even any short distance cannot be expected, and to take a cab for its conveyance adds greatly to the expense. Hence, flower-pots are generally purchased at the door of the buyer. For the flowers of commoner or easier culture, the root-seller receives from one penny to threepence. These are primroses, polyanthuses, cowslips, but in small quantities comparatively, daisies, note, single and double, and single or wild daisies were coming to be more asked for, each one penny, end note, small early wallflowers, candy tufts, southernwood, note, called lad's love or old man by some, end note, and daffodils, but daffodils were sometimes dearer than threepence. The plants that may be said to struggle against frost and snow in a hard season, such as the snowdrop, the crocus, and the miserian, are rarely sold by the costers. They come too soon, I was told. The primroses, and the other plants I have enumerated, are sold for the most part not in pots, but with soil attached to the roots, so that they may be planted in a garden, as they most frequently are, or in a pot. Towards the close of May, in an early season, and in the two following months, the root trade is at its height. Many of the stalls and barrows are then exceedingly beautiful, the barrow often resembling a moving garden. The stall-keepers have sometimes their flowers placed on a series of shelves, one above the other, so as to present a small amphitheatre of beautiful and diversified hues, the purest white, as in the lily of the valley, to the deepest crimson, as in the fuchsia, the bright or rust-blotted yellow of the wallflower, to the many hues of the stock. Then there are the pinks and carnations, double and single, with the rich-coloured and heavily-scented clove-pinks, roses, mignonette, the velvety pansies, or heart's-ease, the white and orange lilies, calceolarias, 
balsams note a flower going out of fashion end note geraniums note flowers coming again into fashion end note musk plants london pride note and other saxifrages the species known oddly enough as london pride being a native of wild and mountainous districts such as botanists call alpine habitats end note and the many coloured lupins later again come the china asters the african marigolds the dahlias the poppies and the common and very aromatic marigold later still there are the michaelmas daisies the growth of the all hallowed summer to which falstaff was compared there is a class of roots in which the street sellers on account of their general dearness deal so sparingly that i cannot class them as a part of the business among these are anemones hyacinths tulips ranunculuses and the orchidaceous tribe neither do the street people meddle unless very exceptionally with the taller and statelier plants such as foxgloves hollyoaks and sunflowers these are too difficult of carriage for their purpose nor do they sell unless again as an exception such flowers as require support the convolvulus and the sweet pea for instance the plants i have specified vary in price geraniums are sold at from threepence to five shillings pinks at from threepence for the common pink to two shillings for the best single clove and four shillings for the best double stocks as they are small and single to their being large and double from threepence and sometimes less to two shillings dahlias from sixpence to five shillings fuchsias from sixpence to four shillings rose-bushes from threepence to one and sixpence and sometimes but not often much higher musk-plants london pride lupins and so on are a penny and twopence pots generally included to carry on his business efficiently the root-seller mostly keeps a pony and a cart to convey his purchases from the garden to his stall or his barrow and he must have a sheltered and cool shed in which to deposit the flowers which are to be kept overnight for the morrow's business it's a great bother sir said a root-seller a man having to provide a shed for his roots it wouldn't do at all to have them in the same room as we sleep in they'd droop i have a beautiful big shed and a snug stall for a donkey in a corner of it but he won't bear tying up he'll fight against tying all night and if he was loose why in course he'd eat the flowers i put in the shed the price is nothing to him he'd eat the queen's camellias if he could get at them if they cost a pound apiece so i have a deal of trouble for i must block him up somehow but he's a first-rate ass to carry on a considerable business the services of a man and his wife are generally required as well as those of a boy the purchases wholesale are generally by the dozen roots already for sale in pots mignonette however is grown in boxes and sold by the box at from five shillings to twenty shillings according to the size and so on the costermonger buys for the large sale to the poor at a rate which brings the mignonette roots into his possession at something less perhaps than a halfpenny each he then purchases a gross of small common pots costing him a penny halfpenny a dozen and has to transfer the roots and soil to the pots and then offer them for sale the profit thus is about four shillings per hundred but with the drawback of considerable labour and some cost in the conveyance of the boxes the same method is sometimes pursued with young stocks 
the cheapness of pots i may mention incidentally and the more frequent sale of roots in them has almost entirely swept away the fragment of a pitcher and the spoutless teapot which cooper mentions as containing the poor man's flowers that testified an inextinguishable love of rural objects even in the heart of a city there are a few such things however to be seen still of root sellers there are for six months of the year about five hundred in london of these one-fifth devote themselves principally but none entirely to the sale of roots two-fifths sell roots regularly but only as a portion and not a larger portion of their business and the remaining two-fifths are casual dealers in roots buying them almost always in the markets whenever a bargain offers seven-eighths of the root sellers are i am informed regular costers occasionally a gardener's assistant has taken to the street trade in flowers but i fancy sir said an experienced man to me they've very seldom done any good at it they're always gardening at their roots trimming them and such like and they overdo it they're too careful of their plants people like to trim them themselves i did well on fuchsias last season said one of my informants i sold them from sixpence to one and sixpence the globes went off well geraniums was very fair the fairy queens of them sold faster than any i think it's the ladies out of town a little way and a few in town that buy them and buy the fuchsias too they require a good window the jenny lynns they was geraniums and other plants didn't sell so well as the fairy queens though they was cheaper good cloves note pinks end note sell to the better sort of houses so do carnations mignonette's everybody's money dahlias didn't go off so well i had very tidy dahlias at sixpence and a shilling and some one and sixpence i do a goodish bit in giving flowers for old clothes i very seldom do it but to ladies i deal mostly with them for their husbands old hats or boots or shoes yes sir and their trousers and waistcoats sometimes very seldom their coats and ladies boots and shoes too there's one pleasant old lady and her two daughters they'll talk me over any day i very seldom indeed trade for ladies clothes i have though mostly for something in the shawl way or wraps of some kind why that lady i was telling you of and her daughters got me to take togs that didn't bring the prime cost of my roots and expenses they called them by such fine names that i was had then they were so polite oh my good man says one of the young daughters i must have this geranium in change it was a most big and beautiful fairy queen well worth four shillings the tog i didn't know what they called it a sort of cloak fetched short of half a crown and that just with cheaper togs some days if it's very hot and the stall business isn't good in very hot weather my wife goes around with me and does considerable in swapping with ladies they can't do her as they can me the same on wet days if it's not very wet when i has my roots covered in the cart ladies is mostly at home such times and perhaps they're dull and likes to go to work at a bargaining my wife manages them in good weeks i can clear three pounds in my trade the two of us can anyhow but then there's bad weather and there's sometimes roots spoiled if they're not cheap and don't go off but i'll sell one that cost me a shilling for tuppence to get rid of it and there's always the expenses to meet and the pony to keep and everything that way no sir i don't make two pounds a week for the five months it's nearer five than six the season lasts perhaps something near it the rest of the year i sell fruit or anything 
and make clear ten shillings or fifteen shillings a week, but some weeks next to nothing, and the expenses all going on. Why, no, sir, I can't say that times is what they was. Where I made four pounds on my roots five or six years back, I make only three pounds now. But it's no use complaining. There's lots worse off than I am, lots. I've given pennies and tuppences to plenty that's seen better days in the streets. It might be their own fault. It is so mostly, but perhaps only partly. I keep a connection together as well as I can. I have a stall. My wife's there generally, and I go around as well. One of the principal root-sellers in the streets told me that he not unfrequently sold ten dozen a day, over and above those sold not in pots. As my informant had a superior trade, his business is not to be taken as an average. But reckoning that he averages six dozen a day for twenty weeks, he said twenty-six, it shows that one man alone sells 8,640 flowers in pots in the season. The principal sellers carry on about the same extent of business. According to similar returns, the number of the several kinds of flowers in pots and flower roots sold annually in the London streets are as follows. Flowers in pots, moss roses, 38,880, china roses, 38,880, fuchsias, 38,800, geraniums, 12,800, total number of flowers in pots sold in the streets, 129,360. Flower roots, primroses, 24,000, polyanthuses, 34,560, cowslips, 28,800, daisies, 33,600, wallflowers, 46,080, candy tufts, 28,800, daffodils, 28,800, violets, 38,400, mignonette, 30,384, stocks, 23,040, pinks and carnations, 19,200, lilies of the valley, 3,456, pansies, 12,960, lilies, 660, tulips, 852, balsams, 7,704, calciolarias, 3,180, musk plants, 253,440, London Pride, 11,520, lupins, 25,596, china asters, 9,156, marigolds, 63,360, dahlias, 852, heliotrope, 13,356, poppies, 1,920, Michaelmas daisies, 6,912, total number of flower roots sold in the streets, 750,588. Of the street sale of seeds. The street sale of seeds, I am informed, is smaller than it was thirty or even twenty years back. One reason assigned for this falling off is the superior cheapness of flowers in pots. At one time I was informed the poorer classes who were fond of flowers liked to grow their own mignonette. I told one of my informants that I had been assured by a trustworthy man that in one day he had sold six hundred penny pots of mignonette. Not a bit of doubt of it, sir, was the answer. Not a doubt about it. 
I've heard of more than that sold in a day, by a man who set on three hands to help him, and that's just where it is. When a poor woman, or poor man either, but it's mostly the women, can buy a mignonette pot all blooming and smelling for a penny, why, she won't bother to buy seeds and set them in a box or pot and wait for them to come into full blow. Selling seeds in the street can't be done so well now, sir. Anyhow, it ain't done as it was, as I've often heard old folks say. The reason assigned for this is that cottages in many parts, such places as Lisson Grove, Islington, Hoxton, Hackney or Stepney, where the inhabitants formerly cultivated flowers in their little gardens, are now let out in single apartments, and the gardens, or yards as they mostly are now, were used merely to hang clothes in. The only green things which remained in some of these gardens, I was told, was horseradish, a root which it is difficult to extirpate. "'And it's just the sort of thing,' said one man, "'that poor people hasn't no great call for, "'because they, you see, ain't not overdone with joints of roast beef nor rump steaks.' In the suburbs, where the small gardens are planted with flowers, the cultivators rarely buy seeds of the street-sellers, whose stands are mostly at a distance. None of the street-seed vendors confine themselves to the sale. One man whom I saw told me that last spring he was penniless after sickness, and a nurseryman whom he knew trusted him five shillings worth of seeds, which he continued to sell, trading in nothing else, for three or four weeks, until he was able to buy some flowers in pots. Though the profit is cent per cent on most kinds, one shilling and sixpence a day is accounted good earnings on seeds. On wet days there is no sale, and indeed the seeds cannot be exposed in the streets. My informant computed that he cleared five shillings a week. His customers were principally poor women, who liked to sow mignonette in boxes or in a garden border, if it had ever such a little bit of sun and who resided, he believed, in small, quiet streets, branching off from the thoroughfares. Of flower-seeds the street-sellers dispose most largely of mignonette, nasturtium, and the various stocks, and of herbs the most is done in parsley. One of my informants, however, did best in grass-seeds, which people bought, he said, to mend their grass-plots with, sowing them in any bare place and throwing soil loosely over them. Lupin, Larkspur, Convolvulus, and Venus's Looking-Glass had a fair sale. The street trade in seeds would be less than it is, were it not that the dealers sell it in smaller quantities than the better class of shopkeepers. The street traders buy their seeds by the quarter of a pound, or any quantity not considered retail, of the nurserymen, who often write the names for the costers on the paper in which the seed has to be enclosed. Seed that costs fourpence, the street-seller makes into eight penny lots. "'Why, yes, sir,' said one man, in answer to my inquiry, "'people is often afraid that our seeds ain't honest. "'If they're not, they're mixed or they're bad before they come into our hands. "'I don't think any of our chaps does anything with them.' Fourteen or fifteen years ago, although seeds generally were fifteen to twenty percent dearer than they are now, there was twice the demand for them. An average price of good mignonette seed, he said, was now a shilling and a quarter of a pound, and it was then one and twopence to one and sixpence. The shilling's worth is made by the street-seller into twenty or twenty-four pennyworths. An average price of parsley and of the cheaper seeds is less than half that of mignonette. Other seeds, again, are not sold to the street-people by the weight, but are made up in sixpenny and shilling packages. 
their extreme lightness prevents their being weighed to a customer of this class are the african marigold the senecios note groundsel end note, and the china aster but of these compound flowers the street traders sell very few poppy seed used to be in great demand among the street buyers but it has ceased to be so it's a fine hardy plant too sir i was told but somehow for all its variety in colours it's gone out of fashion for fashion runs strong in flowers one long-established street seller who is well known to supply the best seeds makes for the five weeks or so of the season more than twice the weekly average of five shillings perhaps twelve shillings but as he is a shop as well as a stallkeeper he could not speak very precisely as to the proportionate sale in the street or the shop this man laughed at the fondness some of his customers manifested for fine latin names there are some people he said who will buy antirhinum and artemisia and digitalis and wouldn't hear of snapdragon or wormwood or foxglove though they're the identical plants the same informant told me that the railways in their approaches to the metropolis had destroyed many small gardens and had he thought injured his trade it was also a common thing now for the greengrocers and corn chandlers to sell garden seeds which until these six or eight years they did much less extensively last spring i was told there were not more than four persons in london selling only seeds the root sellers of whom i have treated generally deal in seeds also but the demand does not extend beyond four or five weeks in the spring though there was a straggling trade that way two or three weeks longer it was computed for me that there were fully one hundred persons selling seeds with other things in the streets and that each might average a profit of five shillings weekly for a month giving two hundred pounds expended in seeds with a hundred pounds profit to the costers seeds are rarely hawked as flowers are it is impossible to give as minutely detailed an account of the street sale of seeds as of flowers as from their diversity in size weight quantity in a pennyworth and so on no calculation can be prepared by weight or measure only by value thus i find it necessary to depart somewhat from the order hitherto observed one seedsman acquainted with the street trade from his dealings with the vendors was of opinion that the following list and proportions were as nice an approximation as could be arrived at it was found necessary to give it in proportions of twenty-fifths but it must be borne in mind that the quantity in three twenty-fifths of parsley for example is more than double that of three twenty-fifths of mignonette i give in unison seeds of about equal sale whether of the same botanical family or not many of the most popular flowers such as polyanthuses daisies violets and primroses are not raised from seed except in the nursery gardens readers note the following table has three columns seeds twenty-fifths and value end readers note mignonette three twenty-fifths twenty-four pounds stocks of all kinds two twenty-fifths sixteen pounds marigolds ditto one twenty-fifth eight pounds convolvulus ditto one twenty-fifth eight pounds wallflower one twenty-fifth eight pounds scarlet beans and sweet peas one twenty-fifth eight pounds china asters and venus's looking-glass one twenty-fifth eight pounds lupin and larkspur one twenty-fifth eight pounds 
nasturtium one twenty-fifth eight pounds parsley two twenty-fifths sixteen pounds other pot herbs one twenty-fifth eight pounds mustard and cress lettuce and the other vegetables two twenty-fifths sixteen pounds grass one twenty-fifth eight pounds other seeds seven twenty-fifths fifty-six pounds total expended annually on street seeds two hundred pounds of christmasing laurel ivy holly and mistletoe in london a large trade is carried on in christmasing or in the sale of holly and mistletoe for christmas sports and decorations i have appended a table of the quantity of these branches sold nearly two hundred and fifty thousand and of the money expended upon them in the streets it must be borne in mind to account for this expenditure for a brief season that almost every housekeeper will expend something in christmasing from twopence to one shilling and sixpence and the poor buy a pennyworth or a halfpennyworth each and they are the costers customers in some houses which are let off in rooms floors or suites of apartments and not to the poorest class every room will have the cheery decoration of holly its bright and as if glazed leaves and red berries reflecting the light from fire or candle then look said a gardener to me what's spent on a christmasing the churches why now properly to christmas st paul's i say properly mind would take fifty pounds worth at least ay more when i think of it nearer a hundred pounds i hope there'll be no no popery nonsense against christmasing this year i'm always sorry when anything of that kind's afloat because it's frequently a hindrance to business this was said three weeks before christmas in london there are upwards of three hundred thousand inhabited houses the whole of the evergreen branches sold number three hundred and seventy five thousand even the ordinary sized inns i was informed displayed holly decorations costing from two shillings to ten shillings while in the larger inns where perhaps an assembly room a concert room or a club room had to be adorned along with other apartments twenty shillings worth of holly and so on was a not uncommon outlay well then consider said another informant the plum puddings why at least there's a hundred thousand of em eaten in london through the christmas and the month following that's nearly one pudding to every twenty of the population is it sir well perhaps that's too much but then there's the great numbers eaten at public dinners and suppers and there's more plum pudding clubs at the small grocers and public houses than there used to be so say full a hundred thousand flinging in any mince pies that may be decorated with evergreens also every plum pudding will have a sprig of holly in him if it's bought just for the occasion it may cost a penny to be really prime and nicely buried if it's part of a lot why it won't cost a halfpenny so reckon it all at a halfpenny what does that come to above two hundred pounds think of that then just for sprigging puddings mistletoe i am informed is in somewhat less demand than it was though there might be no very perceptible difference in many houses holly is now used instead of the true plant for the ancient ceremonies and privileges observed under the mistletoe bough the holly is not half the price of the mistletoe which is one reason for though there is not any great disparity of price wholesale the holly which costs sixpence retail is more than the quantity of mistletoe retailed for one shilling the holly tree may be grown in any hedge and ivy may be reared against any wall 
while the mistletoe is parasitical of the apple tree and but not to half the extent of the oak and other trees it does not grow in the northern counties of england the purchasers of the mistletoe are for the most part the wealthier classes or at any rate i was told those who give parties it is bought too by the male servants in large establishments and more would be so bought only so few of the great people of the most fashionable squares and places keep their christmas in town half a crown is a not uncommon price for a handsome mistletoe bough the costermongers buy about a half of the holly and so on brought to the markets it is also sold either direct to those requiring evergreens or to greengrocers and fruiterers who have received orders for it from their customers or who know it will be wanted a shilling's worth may be bought in the market the bundles being divided mistletoe the costers those having regular customers in the suburbs receive orders for last december said a coster to me i remember a servant girl and she weren't such a girl either running after me in a regular flutter to tell me the family had forgot to order two shillings worth of mistletoe of me to be brought next day oh yes sir if it's ordered by or delivered to the servant girls they generally have a little giggling about it if i've said what are you laughing at they'll mostly say me i'm not laughing the costermongers go into the neighbourhood of london to procure the holly for street sale this is chiefly done i was told by those who were cracked up and some of them laboured at it days and days it is however a very uncertain trade as they must generally trespass and if they are caught trespassing by the owner of the land or any of his servants they are seldom given in charge but their stock of evergreens is not unfrequently taken from them and that sir that's the cuttingest of all they do not so freely venture upon the gathering of mistletoe for to procure it they must trespass in orchards which is somewhat dangerous work and they are in constant apprehension of traps spring-guns and bulldogs six or seven hundred men or lads the lads being the most numerous are thus employed for a week or two before christmas and perhaps half that number irregularly at intervals for a week or two after it some of the lads are not known as regular costa lads but they are habitues of the streets in some capacity to procure as much holly one day as will sell for two shillings and sixpence the next is accounted pretty good work and seven shillings and sixpence would be thus realized in six days but five shillings is more frequently the return of six days labor and sale though a very few have cleared ten shillings and one man with uncommon luck once cleared twenty shillings in six days the distance travelled in a short winter's day is sometimes twenty miles and perhaps the lad or man has not broken his fast on some days until the evening or even the next morning for had he possessed a few pence he would probably have invested it in oranges or nuts for street sale rather than go a gathering christmas one strong-looking lad of sixteen or seventeen gave me the following account it's hard work is christmasing but when you have neither money nor work you must do something and so the holly may come in handy i live with an elder brother he helps the masons and as we had neither of us either work or money he cut off tottenham and edmonton way and me the t'other side of the water mortlake way as well as i know we'd both been used to costering off and on i was out i think ten days altogether and didn't make six shillings in it been out two christmases before 
oh yes i'd forgot i made sixpence over the six shillings for i had half a pork pie and a pint of beer and the landlord took it out in holly i meant to have made a quarter of pork do but i was so hungry and so would you sir if you'd been out a christmasing that i had the t'other quarter it's tuppence a quarter i did better when i was out of four but i forget what i made it's often slow work for you must wait sometimes till no one's looking and then you must work away like anything i'd nothing but a sharp knife i borrowed and some bits of cord to tie the holly up you must look out sharp because you see sir a man very likely won't like his holly tree to be stripped wherever there is a berry we goes for the berries they're poison berries i've heard moonlight nights is the thing sir when you knows where you are i never goes for mistletoe i hardly knows it when i sees it the first time i was out a man got me to go for some in a orchard and told me how to manage but i cut my lucky in a minute something came over me like i felt sickish but what can a poor fellow do i never lost my christmas but a little bit of it once two men took it from me and said i ought to thank them for letting me off without a jolly good jacketing as they was gardeners i believes they was men out a christmasing as i were it was a dreadful cold time that and i was wet and hungry and thirsty too for all i was so wet and i'd to wait a watching in the wet i've got something better to do now and i'll never go a christmas here again if i can help it this lad contrived to get back to his lodging in town every night but some of those out christmasing stay two or three days and nights in the country sleeping in barns outhouses carts or under haystacks inclement as the weather may be when their funds are insufficient to defray the charge of a bed or a part of one at a country dossing crib note low lodging house end note they resorted in considerable numbers to the casual wards of the workhouses in croydon greenwich reigate dartford and so on when that accommodation was afforded them concealing their holly for the night as in other matters it may be a surprise to some of my readers to learn in what way the evergreens used on festive occasions in their homes may have been procured the costermongers who procure their own christmasing generally hawk it a few sell it by the lot to their more prosperous brethren what the costers purchase in the market they aim to sell at cent per cent supposing that seven hundred men and lads gathered their own holly and so on and each worked for three weeks not regarding interruptions and calculating that in the time they cleared even fifteen shillings each it amounts to five hundred and twenty five pounds some of the costermongers deck their carts and barrows in the general line with holly at christmas some go out with their carts full of holly for sale and may be accompanied by a fiddler or by a person beating a drum the cry is holly green holly one of my informants alluded incidentally to the decoration of the churches and i may observe that they used to be far more profusely decked with christmas evergreens than at present so much so that a lady correspondent in january seventeen twelve complained to mr spectator that her church-going was bootless she was constant at church to hear divine service and make conquests but the clerk had so overdone the greens in the church that for three weeks miss jenny simper had not even seen the young baronet whom she dressed at for divine worship although he pursued his devotions only three pews from hers the aisle was a pretty shady walk and each pew was an arbour the pulpit was so clustered with holly and ivy that the congregation like moses heard the word out of a bush sir anthony loves pew in particular concludes the indignant miss simper 
is so well hedged that all my batteries have no effect i am obliged to shoot at random among the boughs without taking any manner of aim mr spectator unless you'll give orders for removing these greens i shall grow a very awkward creature at church and soon have little else to do there but to say my prayers in a subsequent number the clerk glorifies himself that he had checked the ogling of miss simper he had heard how the kentish men evaded the conqueror by displaying green boughs before them and so he bethought him of a like device against the love warfare of this coquettish lady of all the branches in the markets the costers buy one half this season holly has been cheaper than was ever known previously in some years its price was double that cited in some treble when the december was very frosty of the sale of may palm etc the sale of the may the fragrant flower of the hawthorn a tree indigenous to this country wordsworth mentions one which must have been eight hundred years old is carried on by the costa boys principally but only in a desultory way the chief supply is brought to london in the carts or barrows of the costas returning from a country expedition if the costermonger be accompanied by a lad as he always is if the expedition be of any length the lad will say to his master bill let's have some may to take back the man will almost always consent and often assist in procuring the thickly green branches with their white or rose-tinted and freshly smelling flowers the odour of the hawthorn blossom is peculiar and some eminent botanist dr withering if i remember rightly says it may be best described as fresh no flower perhaps is blended with more poetical antiquarian and beautiful associations than the ever welcome blossom of the may tree one gardener told me that as the hawthorn was in perfection in june instead of may the name was not proper but it must be remembered that the name of the flower was given during the old style which carried our present month of may twelve days into june and the name would then be more appropriate the may is obtained by the costermongers in the same way as the holly by cutting it from the trees in the hedges it has sometimes to be cut or broken off stealthily for persons may no more like their hawthorns to be stripped than their hollies and an ingenuous lad as will have been observed told me of people's objections to the unauthorized stripping of their holly bushes but there is not a quarter of the difficulty in procuring may that there is in procuring holly at christmas the costermonger if he has done tidy in the country will very probably leave the may at the disposal of his boy but a few men though perhaps little more than twenty i was told bring it on their own account the lads then carry the branches about for sale or if a considerable quantity has been brought dispose of it to other boys or girls or entrust them with the sale of it at half profits or any terms agreed upon costermongers have been known to bring home a load of may and this not unfrequently at the request and for the benefit of a cracked-up brother trader to whom it has been at once delivered gratuitously a lad whom i met with as he was selling holly told me that he had brought may from the country when he had been there with a costa he had also gone out of town a few miles to gather it on his own account but it ain't no good he said you must often go a good way i never knows anything about how many miles and if it's very ripe 
the word he used. It's soon shaken. There's no sure price. You may get fourpence for a big branch, or you must take a penny. I may have made a shilling on a round, but hardly ever more. It can't be got near hand. There's some stunning fine trees at the top of the park there. Note, the Regent's Park. End note. The t'other side of the logical gardens, but there's always a cove looking after them, they say, and both night and day. Palm, the flower of any of the numerous species of the willow, is sold only on Palm Sunday and the Saturday preceding. The trade is about equally in the hands of the English and Irish lads, but the English lads have a commercial advantage on the morning of Palm Sunday, when so many of the Irish lads are at chapel. The palm is all gathered by the street vendors. One costermonger told me that, when he was a lad, he had sold palm to a man who had managed to get half drunk on a Sunday morning, and who told him that he wanted to show his wife, who very seldom stirred out, that he'd been taking a healthful walk into the country. Lilac in flower is sold and procured in the same way as may, but in small quantities. Very rarely indeed laburnum, which is too fragile, or syringa, which, I am told, is hardly saleable in the streets. One informant remembered that forty years ago, when he was a boy, branches of elderberry flowers were sold in the streets, but the trade has disappeared. It is very difficult to form a calculation as to the extent of this trade. The best informed give me reason to believe that the sale of all these branches, apart from Christmas, ranges, according to circumstances, from thirty pounds to fifty pounds, the cost being the labour of gathering, and the subsistence of the labourer while at the work. This is independent of what the costers buy in the markets. I now show the quantity of branches forming the street trade. Holly, 59,040 bunches. Mistletoe, 56,160 bunches. Ivy and Laurel, 26,640 bunches. Lilac, 5,400 bunches. Palm, 1,008 bunches. May, 2,520 bunches. Total number of bunches sold in the streets from market sale, 150,768. Add to quantity from other sources, 75,000. Overall total, 225,768. The quantity of branches from other sources is that gathered by the costers in the way I have described, but it is impossible to obtain a return of it with proper precision. To state it as half of that purchased in the markets is a low average. I now give the amount paid by street buyers who indulge in the healthful and innocent tastes of which I have been treating, the fondness for the beautiful and the natural. Cut flowers. 65,280 bunches of violets, at a halfpenny per bunch, 136 pounds. 115,200 bunches of wallflowers, at a halfpenny per bunch, 240 pounds, 86,400 bunches of mignonette at one penny per bunch, 360 pounds, 1,632 bunches of lilies of the valley at a halfpenny per bunch, 3 pounds, 20,448 bunches of stocks at a halfpenny per bunch, 42 pounds, 316,800 pinks and carnations at a halfpenny each, 660 pounds, 864,000 moss roses, at a halfpenny each, 1,800 pounds, 
864,000 China ditto, at a halfpenny each, 1,800 pounds, 296,640 lavender, at a penny each, 1,236 pounds, total annually 6,277 pounds. Flower roots, 24,000 primroses at a halfpenny per root, 50 pounds, 34,560 polyanthuses at a penny per root, 144 pounds, 28,800 cowslips at a halfpenny per root, 60 pounds, 33,600 daisies at one penny per root, 140 pounds, 46,080 wallflowers at a penny per root, 192 pounds, 28,800 candy tufts at one penny per root, 120 pounds, 28,800 daffodils at a halfpenny per root, 60 pounds, 38,400 violets at a halfpenny per root, 80 pounds, 30,380 mignonette at a halfpenny per root, 63 pounds, 23,040 stocks at a penny per root, 96 pounds, 19,200 pinks and carnations at tuppence per root, 160 pounds, 3,456 lilies of the valley at a penny per root, 14 pounds, 12,960 pansies at one penny per root, 54 pounds, 660 lilies at tuppence per root, 5 pounds, 850 tulips at tuppence per root, 7 pounds, 7,704 balsams at tuppence per root, 64 pounds, 3,180 calceolarias at tuppence per root, 26 pounds, 253,440 musk plants at one penny per root, 1,056 pounds, 11,520 London pride at one penny per root, 48 pounds, 25,595 lupins at one penny per root, 106 pounds, 9,156 china asters at one penny per root, 38 pounds, 63,360 marigolds at a halfpenny per root, 132 pounds, 852 dahlias at sixpence per root, 21 pounds, 13,356 heliotropes at tuppence per root, 111 pounds, 1,920 poppies at tuppence per root, 16 pounds, 6,912 Michaelmas daisies at a halfpenny per root, 14 pounds, total annually 2,877 pounds. Branches 59,040 bunches of holly at threepence per bunch, 738 pounds. 56,160 bunches of mistletoe at threepence per bunch, 702 pounds. 26,640 bunches of ivy and laurel at threepence per bunch, 333 pounds. 5,400 bunches of lilac at threepence per bunch, 67 pounds. 1,008 bunches of palm at threepence per bunch, 12 pounds. 2,520 bunches of may at threepence per bunch, 31 pounds. Total annually from markets, 1,883 pounds. Add one half, as shown, 591 pounds. Overall total, 2,474 pounds. Trees and shrubs, 9,576 firs, roots, reader's note, F-I-R-S, end reader's note, at threepence each root, 119 pounds. 
1,152 laurels at threepence each root, 14 pounds, 23,040 myrtles at fourpence each root, 384 pounds, 2,160 rhododendrons at ninepence each root, 81 pounds, 2,304 lilacs at fourpence each root, 38 pounds, 2,880 box at twopence each root, 24 pounds, 21,888 heaths at fourpence each root, 364 pounds, 2,880 broom at one penny each root, 12 pounds, 6,912 furs, reader's note, F-U-R-Z-E, end reader's note, at one penny each root, 28 pounds, 6,480 laurastinus at eightpence each root, 216 pounds, 25,920 southernwood at one penny each root, 108 pounds, total annually spent, 1,388 pounds. Flowers in pots, 38,880 moss roses at fourpence per pot, 648 pounds, 38,880 china ditto at twopence per pot, 324 pounds, 38,800 fuchsias at threepence per pot, 485 pounds, 12,850 geraniums and pelargoniums of all kinds at threepence per pot, 160 pounds, total annually 1,667 pounds. The returns give the following aggregate amount of street expenditure. Trees and shrubs, 1,388 pounds. Cut flowers, 6,277 pounds. Flowers in pots, 1,617 pounds. Flower roots, 2,867 pounds. Branches, 2,774 pounds. Seeds, 200 pounds. Total, 15,173 pounds. From the returns we find that of cut flowers, the roses retain their old English favouritism, no fewer than 1,628,000 being annually sold in the streets. But locality affects the sale, as some dealers dispose of more violets than roses, because violets are accounted less fragile. The cheapness and hardihood of the musk plant and marigold, to say nothing of their peculiar odour, has made them the most popular of the roots, while the myrtle is the favourite among the trees and shrubs. The heaths, moreover, command an extensive sale, a sale, I am told, which was unknown until eight or ten years ago. Another instance of the fashion in flowers of which an informant has spoken. End of section 23